program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is The Customer Edge with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to shake up the status quo, provide a phenomenal customer experience, and help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, 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 and if you want to run with the Game Changers, you're in the right place. This is a big day for us here at Game Changers Radio. We are debuting a brand new series, The Customer Edge with Game Changers, presented by SAP. I'm very, very excited, and we have a great topic, an opening topic everybody can relate to. I'm positive, so let's get started. Today's buzz, marriage. What? Customer Edge? I will explain. It's no secret that sales and marketing typically work in parallel. That means they're rarely seen together and they really don't want to work together. We'll find out more about that in a couple minutes. But at today's most successful company, something is happening. The sales team and the marketing team are forging a new, strong, collaborative alliance. Why would they do that? Well, they're learning that it enables them to know their audience better, helps them grow sales, and helps them boost loyalty in this age of what we call the connected, empowered customer. A lot of competition out there for for their time, for their mind share of the customers, for the comp- competitors in anybody's industry. So sounds like a good idea. So if marriage is in their future, I ask to the universe, can this marriage last? I have a great panel of experts who are helping us launch this new series. First up is Jeff Tanner, Professor of Marketing at Baylor University and Director of Baylor's Innovative Business Collaboratory. Love that word. And Jeff has sent me the following quote from Virgil going way back in history. And the quote is, who asks whether the enemy was defeated by strategy or valor? Jeff Tanner, welcome. How are you today? I'm great, Bonnie. How are you? Fine. Thanks for joining me. So, Virgil, bringing back an oldie but goodie. Talk to me about how this quote relates to our topic, please. Well, what really struck me about this, uh, this quote and the topic is, um, is that it just seems to represent the perspectives of marketing and sales. And uh, salespeople, I've been a salesperson all my life, sold Christmas cards door-to-door when I was 12 years old. So, um, you know, I have very much have a heart for sales, even though I may be a marketing professor. But the the thing is, salespeople are all about valor and and um, being out there on their own. And and whereas I think marketing likes to think of themselves as strategists. And and so, at the end of the day, who who really cares which one it was, so long as the battle was won. Good point. Very much. Very good point. Thank you, Jeff, for getting us started. Barry Trailer, let's bring you on. Barry is managing partner and co-founder of CSO Insights. And here's a quote from Barry. I think it's in his own words. He says, the traditional relationship, sales says to marketing, the leads suck. 
marketing says to sales, no, you suck. (laughs) And life can be better than this, and firms that have figured this out how are getting great results. Barry Trailer, welcome. How are you? Hi, Bonnie. I'm well. Glad to be here. You sound great. I think you have a voice made for radio. So tell me, is this a Barry Trailer original? Yeah, actually, it's not. Uh, I think it was uh, Eric over at Blue Wolf the first time I heard that. But I, I think it sums up the traditional relationship. And if if we're talking about marriage, I think sales and marketing. You know, people have said the those terms uh, in the same breath for decades. But I think if it's been a marriage at all, it's been a shotgun marriage. And and uh, you know, both parties sort of uh, against their will. Um, you know, coming to the party. And, you know, Jeff, your quote, your Virgil quote, uh, you know, the the question is, who cares as long as it was one? You know, mm-hmm. the old, uh, from Mussolini's diary, the the, uh, the quote was, victory has a, a thousand fathers, but defeat is an orphan. And, uh, you know, when it, I, I think there's this blame game that has historically gone on between these two silos of, sales and marketing, you know, side by side, really banging against one another, but not really collaborating, not really co-creating. And that has begun to change. You know, we've been hearing about sales and marketing alignment the last few years, and I think it's finally starting to get some traction where we see people that that are uh, working together and having a, a much better and a, a much better functioning relationship and a real relationship. And I think part of it has to do with not just winning or losing, but also measuring and, and agreeing on what, what we're doing here and what victory looks like or what success looks like. Thank you, Barry. Good insights. Question is, you mentioned shotgun marriage. Who was making them get married? Or should we call it an arranged marriage they're being forced into? Which one is more apropos from your point, point of view? Well, I, you know, I, I didn't want to use arranged marriage because I think in, in some cultures they are arranged and they're pretty successful. Mm-hmm. You know, their yeah. their their success rate is certainly no worse than ours <laughs> here in North America. <laughs> so, um, so I I did I purposely did not say arranged, but I think it it has been yeah. uh, both parties feeling sort of shoved into this thing and and mm-hmm. and rather than you know openly embracing it and and all the possibilities of, of, you know, working together. What do they say? Keep your friends close and keep your enemies closer. But I digress. We'll leave that one on the table. Thank you, Barry. <laughs> sure. Daisy Hernandez, welcoming you to SAP Radio. You're a newbie on all of our shows. We hope you'll come back often. And Daisy is the VP of Enterprise Social Software Cloud Solutions at SAP. And Daisy is quoting Daniel Pink. I'll tell you who he is in just a moment if you don't know. Daniel Pink says, The balance has shifted from a world of information asymmetry, caveat emptor, buyer beware, to a world of information parity, caveat venditor, seller beware. And Daniel Pink is the author of five books about business, work, and management. He has sold over 2 million copies around the world. That's 2 million, and the books have been translated into 34 languages. Wow, impressive. Daisy Hernandez, welcome. How are you today? Thanks for having me. This is exciting. Uh, Yes, I am a newbie and looking forward to doing more of these. Wonderful. So tell us us about... uh, why you picked this Daniel Pink quote and how it relates to our topic today, please. Well, I, it resonated with me because 
it's an acknowledgement of how the market and the industry have been evolving, especially in light of all of the various um, tools and information sites that are now available to uh, consumers or buyers. They can get a lot of information on their own without having to rely on a salesperson to have to present their point of view. Now it's the seller having to be in a situation where they now need to either maneuver around a point of view or an impression that the consumer or buyer have already made based off of reviews or information they've already received. Um, and therefore, given the fact that sales uh, has to evolve with um, the, this growing trend, um, just like most marriages, over time they have to grow together. And in order for this marriage to work, um, it's even more important for the communication between marketing and sales uh, to be a lot more solid, a lot more collaborative in order to, instead of keeping up with their consumers, to be able to mm-hmm. get ahead and come up with better storytelling, better techniques, better uh, sales strategies in order for them to stay ahead of the competition and be able to uh, meet, their, uh, meet their combined business goals. Thank you, Daisy. Question for you. Is anybody happy about this, the sales side, the marketing side? Are they saying, yeah, this is working in company XYZ. We should try it here. Is there any begrudging going on? Yeah, if we have to. Daddy said we have to play well together in the sandbox. Or are, are they seeing the benefits? Yeah, go ahead. Right. Well, what's, what's interesting about that is, um, from my perspective, I actually work with both sales and marketing because I actually run um, one of the product management teams. So I view it as an observer, and I, I, my teams help out with sales enablement as well as deal support, and we're usually in the middle of sales and marketing. Mm-hmm. And so I'm able to see and observe. And the good news is that, at least in, in what I've seen, is that they know they have to make this work in order for them to be competitive in the market, especially in order to uh, launch new, new products um, and, and go into new territories because the, the playbook hasn't necessarily been laid out. So begrudgingly, but they know that they're committed to it. Mm-hmm. They know they need to make it work. And they're always, uh, at least for, from my perspective, thank goodness, working towards understanding each other's needs. And it's, you know, it, it's never perfect, but uh, they're definitely committed to, to making sure that uh, it works for both sides. Thank you. I have a question for the panel before I ask you all what's in your cup today, because as our listeners know, this is our new series in Under the Umbrella of Coffee Break with Game Changers, so that's part of our logo. But my question is, I think Barry Trailer mentioned, uh, what is it, when there's a victory, victory has a thousand fathers and a defeat is an orphan. So my question is, when, uh, Daisy, I'll start with you quickly, when we have a collaborative success, who runs out the door and waves the flag and says, I did it, I did it? Or do they both have to share that glory? What are you observing? I'm definitely observing sales. Barry, who's out the door first? Sales, do you agree with Daisy? Well, I think sales uh, has traditionally been recognized uh, yeah. when, when a deal is won. Um, the, the thing that's changed, um, and, and I think marketing is starting to, to get the recognition that they want and, and, and deserve is they're being measured in different ways. And the reason I started with the lead quote is it used to be leads, and there was this you know back-and-forth struggle, and we can talk about that more later. But um, mm-hmm. today uh, there are new metrics being applied to uh, marketing in terms of you know what volume of leads turned into opportunities 
what volume, what dollar volume has been generated by marketing leads, and what dollar volume has closed, or what percentage of marketing opportunities have closed. Those are metrics that are aligned with sales, and when those happen, you know, both of them can run out the door and and uh, do the happy hey. dance. Yeah, happy dance. Jeff Tanner, whose happy dance is it? Both or who's who's getting the, the kudos? Well, I I agree with Barry that it's the metrics that have really enabled marketing to, to share in the claim. And when you first asked the question, um, the, my first thought was, I think marketing's taking the um, credit for, for integration when it occurs. Um, mm-hmm. So I kind of I misunderstood the question a little bit. Um, I do think sales still wants credit for the sale. It, it wouldn't have happened if, if we weren't working our magic once we got, you know, the mm-hmm. lead or whatever. But um, but I think it's marketing that's really saying uh, we're delivering value and this is this is now working and and it's because they have the data to back it up because the metrics are there and we can. We can mm-hmm. take it. We can track what they've done all the way to the sale. We deserve a seat at the table. Very good. Absolutely. Thank you. I like a little controversy. I'm glad we had some variance of opinions here. That's what it's all about. Now it's time for you to be as controversial as you like. I'm going to ask first, uh, Jeff Tanner. What are you drinking? You know the drill. What are you drinking today, or what are you going to be drinking after the show? Talk to me, Jeff. You know, this is the part of the show that gives me the greatest amount of angst, but. <laughs> But, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. But but actually, you know, I was thinking about it ever because I knew the question was coming, and and mm-hmm. um, you know, the cup I would really like to have right now in my hand is a little paper cup at a roadside stand down the down the street from uh, one of my former business partners, because this is the time of day when he and I would get together and have a Madras coffee, which is a lot like a latte, but but the coffee part of it's like mud almost, and. Um, mm-hmm. He's moved back to Madras, and I miss him, and, and this would be the time of day we'd be sharing that cup. So that's what I wish I had in my cup. Oh, that's a charming story. Thank you. I'm sorry about the angst, but it oh, no. seems to have <laughs> fueled you wonderfully. I love the story. I, I consider these stories like little gifts that each guest unwraps. So thank you very much, Jeff. Barry Trailer, I'm not going to ask you to top that one. What are you drinking? Well, I, I can't top that one, uh, but... I have a couple of answers. Uh, in the morning, I'm in Northern California. I'm a sort of a Pete's fan, so I my my cup has uh, a non-fat latte macchiato, which is basically an upside down. They put the steamed milk in and then dump the espresso on top. But okay. the the first espresso I ever had was in Marco Square in uh, Venice, and uh, you know I, I have this sort of instant recall to that first espresso whenever I'm having an espresso in my cup. If you're asking what I'm going to be drinking at the end of the day after the show is over, maybe not immediately, but uh, certainly later today, I'm going to have a Maker's Mark Perfect Manhattan. All right. Okay. You're floating in a lot of different worlds there. Thank you, Barry. Daisy Hernandez, what's in your cup or what are you thinking about? Well, what I have in my cup right now is unfortunately whatever's available in the coffee break area, which is just a uh, machine uh, generated uh, cappuccino. But what I would really like is there's this uh, small breakfast place in Carmel, um, California, and they make a cappuccino with hand whipped cream. 
Not from a can, but hand-whipped. And I've never had one before, although I know it's not that uncommon. Um, And when it first came out, it was really messy because it was melting all over the place. And I thought to myself, (laughs) do I really want to drink this? I don't know if it looks appetizing because it's not pretty. But Mm. it's creamy, just the right level of sweetness, warm. It's almost like a dessert. If I could have one every morning, that would make uh, my day and my morning. Um, So that's what I wish I would be drinking right now. I think you just made our day. Thank you very much, Daisy. I have to uh, thank my panelists for these great stories. I think of them as gifts. I I have to acknowledge we've got an interesting tweet stream going here. If anybody who's listening would like to join the party, we're at hashtag SAP Radio. You know how to spell that, S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Thank you to the customer, Edge. This is your show for listening. They're tweeting at C-U-S-T-E-D-G-E. Thank you to SAP Radio. That's my colleague, Malcolm Kimberlin. And thank you to SAP. PCRM at SAPCRM for tweeting. Keep up the great work, and we're capturing words of wisdom from my three guests. I've got Jeff Tanner, professor of marketing at Baylor University, Barry Trailer, managing partner and co-founder of CSO Insights, and Daisy Hernandez, vice president, enterprise social software, cloud solutions at SAP. Guess what? I'm still Bonnie D. Graham. Delighted to be here on the debut episode of our new series, The Customer Edge with Game Changers Radio, episode number one. Guess what? We're going to take a break. My panelists probably want to have a sip of something interesting. When we come back, we'll continue the conversation with a 30-minute nonstop roundtable. Put your seatbelts on. Topic today, sales and marketing. Perfect marriage. We've got a lot to go on this one. We'll be right back. Don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. Michael out. Always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. A global revolution is taking place, shaking the very foundation upon which all enterprises are built. This revolution is led by today's digitally empowered consumers and commercial buyers. They don't see our companies through a channel-focused lens. They look for and expect one experience, irrespective of the channel. Join us to explore insights, information, and ideas from sales, customer service, and marketing experts around the globe. Let's embrace the challenge of engaging customers in this new age. The Customer Edge with Game Changers is presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. AP.com. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Listening to The Customer Edge with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to The Customer Edge with Game Changers. Here we are, and I have a 
lovely tweet from the Customer Edge. That's at C-U-S-T-E-D-G-E on Twitter. And they say, what's in your cup? We're detoxing from coffee this month. So Pete's Jasmine Tea it is. Smiley, very floral. Thank you, Customer Edge. Love the tweets. Okay, let's get started on our roundtable on our topic of sales and marketing. I like to say perfect marriage or more important, can this marriage last? Where is it going? Will there be good offspring coming out of this marriage? Will they have good role models at home? I don't know. We can go anywhere. Jeff Tanner, we're going to start talking with you on the roundtable. You sent me the following anecdote I'd like you to talk about. You say, years ago, a colleague of yours did a workshop to facilitate alignment at a major insurance company, name unknown. Tables were set up classroom style, sales sat on one side, marketing sat on the other, and crayons were distributed. Oh, Jeff Tanner, tell us what happened next. Well, I think the first thing is that seats were not assigned. So... The choice to sit on opposite sides of the room was uh, an indication, really, of why the meeting was even called. I mean, uh, my my friend Tom Lee was actually called in to try to facilitate um, alignment between sales and marketing, and he had covered each table with butcher paper, gave them crayons, and said, if you're in sales, draw a picture of marketing. If you're in marketing, draw a picture of of sales. One of the salespeople grabbed a, a... a marker, and if you can imagine, he held it in his fist so tightly that the whites of his knuckles showed. Oh, and he just that's passion. Furiously <laughs> drew this this circle with this black crayon and colored it in, and then he drew dollar signs all around it with arrows, showing how marketing was nothing but a black hole that was sucking money into it. <sighs> and Tom looks over on the other side, and there's a marketing person. And she's got three different colors of crayons, and she's making, like, hashes and then turns those hashes into the the torso of a stick figure with a white belt and white shoes. And, and her picture of sales was this plaid-suited, pushy salesperson. If she could have drawn a, a bad toupee, she would have. It was, it was just the pure stereotype. Uh, and I have to, I have to say, it was a big fail. It, it just didn't. I couldn't get past it. Nobody took each other to the prom afterwards, Jeff. Thank no, you, no. thank you very much. Well, at least they knew what they felt about each other. At least they got the emotions out. Barry Trailer comments on the story. Do you think today this would have happened? Because that was a couple of years ago. Yeah. Well, I think you know the Herb Tarlick character of being you know badly dressed and pushy and you know, glad hander and all, you know, that going back to, to Daisy's, uh, Daniel Pink quote, you know, mm-hmm. times have changed, things have changed, you know, uh, but a lot of these stereotypes I think persist and, and they're really not helpful. And, and in general, you know, stereotypes help classify, but they also, you know, are, are usually not helpful. And in this case, I think they truly are not in and, and the same you know the black hole for marketing. The old the old line is the CEO saying, "I know fifty percent of my marketing budget. I'm throwing away." The problem is I don't know which fifty percent. You know it it none of this is helping. And companies that are doing a better job um, are are simply doing away with the nonsense and and the rhetoric and the stereotypes and are getting down to business. And you know we did an ebook interview with. Um, Mark Roberge over at HubSpot, and you know they're they're a mm-hmm. relatively young company. I think they're about seven or eight years old, 
And uh, marketing actually has an SLA agreement, a service level agreement with sales and sales with marketing. And, and the, the agreement hinges around, you know, here's how many leads of certain quality that we're going to deliver. And sales says, here's how we're going to follow up on those and report back. And, and when, they, when they aren't hitting their numbers, their numbers, they sit down and figure out what's not working and what needs to be changed. And, I mean, there's none of this nonsense, you know, kind of the old, what I think about when you talk about, you know, who, who gets to run out and, and wave the banner. It's like the old vaudeville, you know, stage thing where there's a spotlight and the two characters are shoving each other out of the spotlight trying to claim it. That's not happening at all in some of the modern companies. And, you know, they're really jointly working on things and figuring it out together. And to me, that's just so much more productive and so much more rational in today's world. Um, you know, I think the plaid suits and the black hole and all the rest mm-hmm. of it are, are really are dated. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, dating, we're talking about marriage, so maybe there's an element in there of truth. Daisy Hernandez, thoughts about that scenario that Jeff Tanner presented to us? Uh, I would agree with, with both points in that uh, we're, we're past this. I still think, however, that there's some underlying um, stereotypes and perceptions and things of that sort. However, because the, at least the sales and marketing teams that I work with have to work really close together, before it gets to even anywhere near this point, there's already conversations, understandings, uh, discussions around what we need to do better to avoid having to get to a point where people are sitting on opposite sides of the table because at that point nothing is getting done. Um, but I, I always think, that, there are, however, that it still does exist. The well, sales is going to want to do it, do something this way, and um, oh, well, that's because they're sales. They're going to, you know, I, I hear those comments all the time, but it doesn't get past that. And at the mm-hmm. end of the day, they still need to figure out how to work together. Otherwise, no one's making money at that point. No one's selling. And that's the bottom line. The marriage has to pay for whatever the expenses are. Uh, Let's turn to Barry Trailer. I want to pull in some numbers here, some CSO Insights numbers. Let me read a little from the notes you sent me, Barry, and then you can expand, and we will have Jeff and Daisy chime in. You say there used to be a bright line between sales and marketing. Marketing was everything before a lead came into the sales pipeline and was accepted. Sales was everything after the lead was accepted into the pipeline. And you add, today, there's a bright, fuzzy margin of overlap, meaning... They need to work together. Let's talk about what do the numbers say from your research studies. Barry? Well, this goes back to the opening quote about, you know, the quality of the leads and, 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 you know, they suck and and marketing saying, okay, fine, just tell us what happened with the leads because once they, you know, the, the, the sales pipeline, once leads were accepted into it, that became a black hole in terms of marketing ever hearing what happened to them. And again, you know, that's all changed. But there was this bright line, you know, sort of pre and uh, pipeline, and then once it w- was accepted. Today, now, you know, if you think about it, and, you know, and, and uh, Daisy's uh, quote from Daniel Pink about, you know, all the places her comments about all the places that buyers can get information today, they're mostly on the web, they're mostly on the Internet, the company website, user mm-hmm. groups, all of which typically – you know, and social engagement, another piece of it now, social marketing, all of that generally is owned by marketing. And um, once people have begun, I mean, there are all these stats that are kicked around in terms of what percentage 
of the buying decision is already made before they ever talk to a sales rep today. You know, and the numbers some people claim is as high as 60 or 70 percent. Um, doesn't, you know, if, if you're not playing together or not putting out a consistent message, um, you know, it's just not helping. And this notion of marketing reaching or being drawn in or being responsible further and further into the buying cycle and therefore the selling cycle, um, we don't see this bright line anymore. It's this illuminated margin that that goes some distance and can go, you know, a fair distance into the sales process. One of the stats that we have that I think is just alarming, and, and I, I'll close with this, see what the other folks mm-hmm. think, but this whole notion of leads, you know, the, the lead this, the lead that, whatever. So we ask in our survey, our lead management social engagement survey, um, what uh, do you have a formally agreed upon definition of a lead between sales and marketing? 51% of companies do not. 27% say they have an informal uh, uh, definition, which means it's subject to loads of interpretation. Only 22% actually have a formally agreed upon definition of a lead between sales and marketing. So, you know, if we go back to the marriage thing, you know, mm-hmm. uh, money, sex, religion, kids, those are always the big four, you know. You need to have some agreement on this stuff. And no, we don't talk about it. We have an informal understanding about it. You know, come on. It's just goofy. It is goofy. Daisy Hernandez, comment. What do you think? Uh, It's interesting, uh, the comment around the the fuzzy line, um, because as I mentioned uh, earlier about how sales and marketing need to work collaboratively, and there's this lack of trust that marketing really knows what it's like to be in the trenches because they're not in the, in, in the, in the deals. Uh, the best sales and marketing teams that I've seen where they have really uh, achieved together the goals that they need to, a lot of times marketing and even product management um, are actually helping as part of the deal support. Um, and, and I see that. So they're actually able to see firsthand what our sales reps are running into so they can now have a much more um, uh, uh, experienced discussion with sales on, you know, sales strategies or how can we improve some of our content and collateral. And at the same time, there's a lot, uh, much more respect from the sales team with marketing um, because they feel like they're in it together. Um, but uh, we do have a formally uh, agreed idea of, <laughs> of what, uh, what's considered a qualified lead. Well, it and sounds a lot of like because it requires them to actually communicate and agree to yes. to those to those terms. I was going to add the best elements of, of a successful marriage are typically they have to communicate. Hello, mm-hmm. she doesn't communicate. Mm-hmm. And the other part is empathy. It sounded to me you said have an experienced discussion, mm-hmm. but empathy. Damn, it's hard on your side of the table. Yeah, it's yeah. it's kind of difficult on mine too. Let's see where we can come together in the middle and and make things happen. Appreciate that, Daisy. Mm-hmm. Jeff Tanner, thoughts on on uh, some of these numbers that Barry Trailer threw out and the the uh, approach. Yeah, I think. Um, I- I see the same kinds of things in companies that I work with and also in the research that I'm doing. And um, and I would say that the, the lack of a definition around lead is an indicator of the immaturity of an organization. But I, I think the more uh, mature and the better integrated companies are those that not only 
define lead, but define processes, processes that are appropriate across uh, segments and different types of buying decisions. And I don't think that they look at it as much around um, simple deals in some situations. Of course, it's, it's, it's a function of what's being sold. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, the, the thing is, is that um, because of the nature of marketing technology, it doesn't stop with the sale, and, and you're really starting to prepare for the next sale. And, um, and so if, if all we're doing is working together up to the point of sale, then I think uh, we're missing lots of opportunities um, to, to build stronger customer relationships, to, to generate add-on revenue, to create the right uh, customer experience, um, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, what, what I see happening is, is that it's forcing organizations to do a better job of identifying what the sales process should be or processes should be um, so that it can be integrated with marketing so that the metrics can be in place, so that the right communication strategies can be engaged, so that they can move beyond a transactional approach. Um, so I think the other thing is that I'm seeing is that there, um, the more mature companies uh, are taking Daisy's um, idea of, of working together and and actually institutionalizing it into rites of passage. So, for example, um, at Amgen, uh, you are expected to carry a bag at some time. You're expected to be in the field at some point in time. And and until you've had, and I don't mean just ride along. I mean take a territory, manage it. And uh, so if you're going to be in marketing, if you're going to be in customer insights, if you're going to be in data analytics, if you're going to be at a certain level of management and product development, you've got to spend time in the field. Um, mm-hmm. And and so it's not just um, trying to see things from somebody else's point of view. It's living the life so that you totally get what it's like, not just from the salesperson's perspective, but what it's like from the customer's perspective. Walking well, the walk. that's the, yeah, that's ahead, the old Barry. line about walking in their shoes. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, you know, the, the before you get in a fight with somebody, you know, you want to walk a mile in their shoes. Absolutely. And, exactly. and the reason is, number one, you've got a one-mile head start. And number two, you've got their shoes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Barry. Oh, Barry. The, uh, Be still yeah, my heart. You, <laughs> the, you know, the, the thing that you were saying, Jeff, that I think, uh, too many, you know, we did a lot of process consulting in the 90s, and, and too many sales processes would end with the close. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, whatever one through N is, um, you know, lead through close or accepted lead through close, we would always invite them to look at N plus one. What does successful install or implementation or delivery look like? And N plus two, what does ongoing customer care look like? And, you know, Sales is really a customer of marketing, and service and support are a customer of sales. But then marketing is a customer of service and support because, you know, if you don't have um, satisfied customers, if you don't have uh, high levels of customer satisfaction, repeat business, expanded relationships, and so on, then you're constantly having to find new, which, you know, is 
called the going out of business formula. So, mm-hmm. th- this, and, and now particularly as you see more subscription models yep. and emphasis on recurring revenue and all the rest of it, 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 it really is about, you know, the relationship over time and not just the initial order. Good point. Daisy, I heard you. You want to chime in on yeah, that? Actually, Barry ended up making the point that I was going to try to make is that, you know, more and more we're seeing, particularly in software, uh, more uh, SaaS or subscription models, uh, the idea of a satisfied customer and ongoing uh, relationship management, not even just uh, even with sales, but uh, marketing a lot of times even helps uh, provide things like um, ad- adoption um, data, best practices, more information to make sure the customer is successful so that they're referenceable, then therefore they can be pointed to by sales, just helps continue that process of building more and more recurring revenue over time and and new customers. Thank you, Daisy. Uh, Barry, anything you want to wrap up on this thread? I'm going to turn to something in Daisy's notes next. Anything you no, want no, to add? No, I'm, I'm good. Thanks. Okay. Daisy, let's talk about the systems. You mentioned software. Let's talk about the processes and the sy- systems. Uh, I'm reading from your notes here. You say marketing and sales use different processes and systems, yet all the pieces need to work together for them to support what is truly a start-to-finish process. And then you add, this brings the necessity of technologies that can bring together the right people, the right experts, in information from disparate systems and a way to orchestrate the teams toward common goals. So how does this, give us a little overview without getting in the weeds, how does this happen? Who has to say silo one and silo two, we're now going to play in the same playground and we'll figure it out. (laughs) How is that happening? Right. Well, first and foremost, if there is a collective cross-functional team that needs to work together in the first place. Typically, there's some planning on, okay, what do we want to achieve in terms of like the next two, three years from a strategy perspective, and then what are the intermediary goals um, between then? And typically, in order to build those strategies and plans, you either look back at data that you have historically or even data that's in other systems, whether it be sentiment or pipeline or leads or whatever it may be. And in order for you to have a, a good picture of directionally where you should be going or what challenges you need to address together as a team, it would be helpful if you can paint that picture together versus having them in disparate systems. And then on top of that, have a means in which you can uh, discuss, plan, um, prioritize, have something that you can use in order f- for you to come to that aligned uh, goal. Because so far, up until this point, we've been talking about the need for people to make sure that everyone's aligned on the common goals, what are the plans, don't mm-hmm. generate a, a, a campaign in one area when the sales team in another area is actually the one that needs the leads. And uh, that's just what I meant by that. And right now, there aren't uh, very many things out there that can use to support this um, um, and, and people are struggling with it because uh, either they're not using the technologies available um, or the techniques, or and um, if it's a global um, uh, team, usually they struggle with um, how do we come together, usually so you see off-sites and whatnot. Um, but I just think that we'll, we'll continue to see, and I, and I know that we've seen this already, but we'll continue to see more and more technologies that help support this idea of bringing these teams together, um, and not just the teams, but also the data and the information that they need in order to make those, um, those kinds of plans and strategies. 
Thanks, Daisy. I want to take this one step further before we have Barry and Jeff chime in. I'm looking further down in your notes. You say, have sales, help marketing, help sales. And here's here's what you added on. People's input and their involvement in the process means, here it comes, kids, they have no excuse to not use the right collateral and not have the right information. And Daisy adds, otherwise, what do you get? Rogue content, differing or even co- conflicting positioning. And ultimately, this impacts the ability of the customer to understand why would they buy your product or service and what is it going to do for them because mm-hmm. you're coming at them with different stuff there. They're having information or non-information overload. Daisy, talk to us a little bit about this. It sounds to me like you're talking about responsibility, showing up, being present, paying attention, making an agreement. Yes, this is the brochure. I don't know if people still use brochure. This is the brochure we're going to use. This is the white paper. This is the campaign of the week or the month or the minute. And mm-hmm. they have to agree so that they're not mm-hmm. coming from all, a scattershot. Daisy, talk to me. Sure. So uh, I, I, I'm sorry, I can't recall if it was uh, Barry or Jeff who made this point earlier on this on this show. But someone had made the comment about how uh, conflicting uh, positioning of, of products and services, and where does that stem from? And you know, part of that end-to-end process of once you come up with the plans and the strategies is okay. Well, now what are the t- sales tools that we need? Whether they be white papers, presentations, and so mm-hmm. forth. And the 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 most used content I'm finding are the ones that sales has input into what they actually need, what will work for them, what they feel comfortable using, um, whether or not um, it uh, it supports their their particular style, and you know why why spend so much time on marketing and product creating material that no one's going to inevitably use? I mean that's a waste of resource and a, and a, and a waste of uh, time and bandwidth. So. Um, what, what we've, what I've seen is that the, uh, there is definitely strength in consistency, especially if you want to project a certain, um, messaging and positioning out in the market. And that strength comes from consistency across the board, whether you are in product management, in marketing, and in sales, and you're talking to analysts or customers or prospects. And that strength gives a credibility and a trustworthiness that leads the customer to say, you are the right people or the right company I need to partner with because it's a long-term, it's a long-term um, uh, relationship, not a short-term one, especially in light of what we were saying about repeat business, repeat customers, recurring uh, revenue. Get your act together. Thank you, Daisy. Jeff Tanner, thoughts on what Daisy just shared? The thing that struck me most about that is that um – Twenty years ago, maybe I wrote a case study on a, a company, um, Alcatel, and uh, mm-hmm. and a and a particular trade show man- manager who, for their exhibition um, practice, did exactly what Daisy was saying. It, that was to get salespeople's input into the design of booths and into the collateral and so on and so forth. So, I, I, you know, the the principles have not changed. I think what has changed has been. Um, the ability to get that voice of the salesperson, if you will, uh, a lot more clearly uh, enunciated through um, technology, through community platforms that are, you know, internal to the organization, um, through tracking what's actually getting used, uh, used by salespeople, used by customers, um, and and being able to really understand how. Uh, salespeople are taking the company to market, and then and then on the other side, obviously, that there has to be that that buy-in from the sales organization, so that there aren't the rogue um, creations mm-hmm. out there that are 
uh, working against the positioning strategy. But, um, but I think one of the things that the tools are enabling us to do is identify what those rogues are when they occur. And, um, and then that can provide opportunities for either bringing them back into compliance or finding alternative strategies that it might actually be successful in, in specific instances and figuring Thanks, out what Jeff. those are and replicating. I, I want to bring in an alternate quote from Jeff. Just let me put this one in on the table. And, uh, by the way, we're going to take a break in about three minutes, so I'll, I'll ask anybody to, who wants to wrap this up. Jeff sent me the following alternate quote. Salespeople are being abused in the name of marketing in far too many organizations. Free the salespeople. Just had to say that because it just packed such a punch. Barry Trailer, any thoughts on what Jeff just shared and Daisy's point a minute ago? Absolutely. The you know Jeff talking about Alcatel 20 years ago. Here's another thing that hasn't changed in 20 years and uh, um, stunningly absent and going back to Daisy's thing about cross-functional teams looking at the strategy, what are we trying to accomplish, where are we going. Here's the thing, I mean, not only no formally agreed upon definition of a lead, but what about a perfect prospect profile? You know, who are we actually trying to get business with and have a relationship with? And I've been making this bet for two decades and I still have my house when I'm presenting to rooms full of CSOs, VPs of sales, I will bet you my house right now you have good people working hard, trying to get business you don't want. It's just stunning. <laughs> I mean, it's like mind-blowing. And, you know, what's going on with that? And it's, you know, the same old thing about, you know, rather than, than focus, people are just, you know, let's go out and kill something. You know, patience. Forget about it. Let's go kill something. (laughs) Daisy, you want to uh, say something about that? Go ahead, Daisy. Yes, it's the spray and pray approach. Uh, But uh, (laughs) going back to uh, the the alternative quote that you had mentioned, um, it it goes back to if sales is if marketing is not able to uh, really articulate who we are targeting, right? Sales Mm -hmm. is left with having to guess. Um, and do the best Absolutely. that they can in order to do that. So, and at the same time, sales also needs to speak up and say, this is what I need and this is why. Um, and it goes back to the have sales, help marketing, help sales. It's, it's cyclical. Um, and we should be, you know, again, with any good marriage is that we need to be working together. There well, you go. Bonnie, go ahead, I know Barry. You, you want to go to a break, but here's what has changed and is and is changing even as we talk about it um, are the technologies that are available and the ability for uh, systems to serve up um, specific use cases um, proof points uh, questions qualifying questions based on what's being sold what buying influence what title what role what industry uh, all of that is now being in many cases, it's certainly available being pushed to sales reps. One of the big issues when sales reps goes, go off the reservation is they, they can't find the stuff that marketing's created or they, can't, they don't find it useful. But now with you know, analytics, predictive analytics, you know, the ability to, to take this information as an opportunity unfolds and serve up nuggets or you know, pieces of information you know, it, it all feeds into this thing of the, you know, the sales rep calling on the right person at the right time, talking about the right things. 
going to the right dinner parties and cocktail parties as a couple. There we go. Thank you, Barry. Guess what? You've all earned a break. We're going to take about 90 seconds off. I want Daisy Hernandez, Barry Trailer, and Jeff Tanner to all take that 90 seconds and use it well. Go out and find the crystal ball. Polish it off. Is it in the attic, the basement, the back of the boat? I don't know where it is. Find it, polish it, and when we come back, we'll start on our crystal ball predictions round with Jeff Tanner, Professor Tanner, and we're going to find out what Jeff Tanner thinks will happen to this. Will sales and marketing be in a perfect marriage? Will they still be fighting and pushing apart? Will they be in bed together for all the right reasons in the year 2020? That's where we're going to focus our attention. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. You're listening to the debut edition of The Customer Edge with Game Changers, presented by SAP. We'll be right back. Mike out. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. A global revolution is taking place, shaking the very foundation upon which all enterprises are built. This revolution is led by today's digitally empowered consumers and commercial buyers. They don't see our companies through a channel-focused lens. They look for and expect one experience, irrespective of the channel. Join us to explore insights, information, and ideas from sales, customer service, and marketing experts around the globe. Let's embrace the challenge of engaging customers in this new age. The Customer Edge with Game Changers is presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Listening to The Customer Edge with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to The Customer Edge with Game Changers. For the crystal ball predictions round, we're going to kick off this segment with Jeff Tanner, professor of marketing at Baylor University and director of Baylor's Innovative Business Collaboratory. That's a mouthful. Jeff, can your crystal ball take you all the way through to the year 2020, or you want to go a little farther or a little more near term? What do you see? I think one of the things about preparing for this is just reflecting on some of the changes over the last couple of decades. Um, and uh, as I'm sent in a stat to you earlier that the number of sales positions hasn't changed in the last 20 years and mm-hmm. a lot of people thought that it might because the internet would take them away and and um, and it just hasn't happened but what has happened is that the the role has professionalized it has changed it, they're more business oriented so if I just if I just leverage that forward uh, I really think we're going to continue to see 
um, salespeople as business people um, become far more engaged in longer-term um, strategy uh, around their markets and particularly as this whole notion of, of subscription-based markets, I think, is just going to grow. And, yeah, it's an IT thing, but, but I think it's going to expand beyond that. And so what that's going to mean is that I think this, this idea of, of everything ending at, uh, as Barry said, at N um, is going to become in reality N plus two or three or four, and that's going to create more integration supported by better uh, technology and better tools that are going to enab- uh, enable more collaboration. Mm-hmm. So I, I think okay. it's just going to continue on that on that same trajectory. Thank you very much, Jeff Tanner. And let's talk to Barry Trailer at CSO Insights. Barry, is 2020 looking good to you, or do you want to change the year? No, 2020 is great. And um, you know, when you when you told us about this question, said you didn't want to hear our answer. The the first thing that came to my mind was my prediction is that. Hillary Clinton will not be reelect will not be elected to a second term. And, and you can decide whether she was elected to a first term. <laughs> and and That's given, very good, uh, Barry. <laughs> given the you know, Daisy's um, comment earlier, if we go out past twenty twenty, at least twenty twenty, but maybe beyond that, I I think it'll be a hologram showing up in a person's you know, in front of a person's desk of a sales rep in a plaid suit, you know, with a white belt. And, <laughs> no, I think, uh, I think Jeff is right on. I think that um, the trend that we're seeing, I, I think wearable computers will have in many ways become the norm, um, mm-hmm. and people will have even more information uh, immediately available to inform their conversation. And the questions and the quality of, uh, of information that they bring to the table. Um, but I, th- I think what will happen is um, the transactional business uh, will have really been taken over by technology. It's already happening with e-commerce and self-service mm-hmm. and kiosks and all of that. But I think it's only going to get better and better as, and, and more and more um, uh, common as people are comfortable uh, that way, you know, younger people becoming consumers, completely comfortable with computers. I mean, it's so funny. You see a little kid now walk up to a, a, a regular TV and they're like poking the screen, you know, expecting it to be a touch screen. <laughs> um, right. So I think you'll just see more and more of that. But at the opposite end of transactions are interactions, and we've been talking about relationships. So transactions, rapid, repetitive, routine, rapid, repetitive, routine. I mean, they lend themselves to technology, They're, you know, and technology is picking that up both to drive down the cost of sales and also to you know, increase the speed of delivery. But at the opposite end, when you talk about trusted partner, trusted advisor, I think those conversations are going to be even more robust, um, more connected, uh, and at that end, you're talking about interactions, you know, complex, mm-hmm. protracted, creative. And um, I think we're going to see sales in a different light. It's not just going to be, you know, coming in to close a deal. I think mm-hmm. we're already seeing that in many cases with major account reps and, you know, recurring, you know, business where they have uh, customer success managers and all of that. I think it's going to roll up to a a higher level 
probably a more business oriented. But beyond that, even what are you trying to accomplish in this business? And you know, what are the challenges? And how can we help? I think all of that is really going to happen. Whether they're going to be the same number of folks, you know, that's an interesting question. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the folks that are operating at the higher, highest levels and at higher levels um, are going to enjoy, you know, what's called the winner-take-most future. And Thank you, there, Barry. There I have to give some time. Low-end jobs that I think will just be replaced by technology. Thanks. Sorry to butt in. I have to give nope. some time to Daisy. Daisy, we got sure. one minute for you. Shoot, go ahead. Predict. All right. uh, speaking of, of wearables, uh, I'm, I'm sure people saw the uh, mm-hmm. Apple announcement. But not only are they wearable, but you can now uh, you can now start buying things off of your watch. So. Definitely interesting to see all of these uh, technologies also driving some of the changes of the buying behavior as well as the um, information. But the point that I was uh, going to make is, you know, we talked about how information is readily available to um, end users, uh, consumers, and buyers. And we have sites today like Yelp, Amazon, Angie's List, you know, you name it. And uh, But they're all geared and optimized towards for the consumer. And aside from having tools to understand sentiment, I think there's mm-hmm. going to be a lot more techniques and products for marketing to really capitalize on understanding those market trends beyond just, you know, the positive, uh, negative. And that will make the marriage of sales and marketing even more vital that they evolve together because it's not just about keeping up and staying on top of the latest knowledge, but how do you get ahead and be much more advanced such that going back to the roles that you were talking about, Barry, but how do how do they come? How does sales and marketing come up with new sales techniques, different storytelling, different strategies, tactics? Maybe it's, they're more consultants, sales consultants, about helping companies transform, you know, longer term versus how to keep keep up and on top of, of what's happening uh, right now today. So I think that there's going to be more uh, a, a need for all of that great information that's available to consumers to be better optimized for marketing to really capitalize on. Thank you, Daisy. As I'm listening to the three of you speak, I'm thinking we should have possibly named this uh, opening episode of the show, Sales and Marketing, When is the Engagement Party? <laughs> and then we can come back and do a part two and, ah, it's a wedding, something like that. I'll have to talk to Lana about that. I'll do my thank yous in a second. I have my predictions, and they're all written down, so they're easy. I want to give everyone the lineup. We have got seven radio shows on the Business Channel now. So Monday at 1 p.m., it's HR Trends with Game Changers Season 3, Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern. It's Financial Excellence with Game Changers Season 3. Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern. I just did that this morning. Coffee Break with Game Changers ongoing since I started it in 2011. This afternoon, we debuted our new show, The Customer Edge with Game Changers. And next week, we will alternate with The Internet of Things with Game Changers, another new series. Tomorrow, We're not done. Tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., I'll be bringing you the debut of Season 2, Future of Business. And the following week, the debut of a new series, Innovating Innovation with Game Changers. Thank you, Jeff Tanner. Thank you, Barry Trailer. Thank you, Daisy Hernandez. Wonderful conversation. You were all terrific. I'm so glad we got together. Shout-outs to Lana Smith for sponsoring the series and Chalini Mita, who works with her, and the Customer Edge folks. Thank you. And SAP CRM, Malcolm Kimberlin, thank you for tweeting. Michael and the Business Channel team, thank you. And here's my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. Bonnie D. Graham signing off for another SAP radio show. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thanks again for tuning in to The Customer Edge with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. 
To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham on Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 